You're listening to Biz Souls, the business podcast with an edge, hosted by me, Rona Lewis, and Jeffrey Hansler. Tune in for perspectives and discoveries about the changing world of business. It's time to connect to the heart, soul, and humor of how business gets done. It's time for another episode of Biz Souls. I'm your host, Rona Lewis. I'm Jeffrey Hansler, and we get to the heart and soul of business and the people that make it happen. You were going to ask me, and I jumped yeah, and in you, there. You and jumped in. I'm, I'm so did. proud of you. You oh, actually remembered. You. I did. Yippee skippy. So today, we're going to tell stories. Well, not... No, we're not, not telling. All oh, right, we're, we're, we're not telling. Tell. We'll, we'll, we tell, we'll tell a couple We're just going to talk about... Storytelling. Yeah, because... It's the way things, you know, but this is the, the way people impart information, get buy-in. There, there's all kinds of reasons for storytelling. And it's one of the, the best ways that leadership can get buy-in from their, from their people. Right. Storytelling started in 10 million BC with Raquel Welch. <laughs> in, a, in a fur bikini. In a fur <laughs> bikini. No, no, no. Storytelling has been a long, uh, has been going on. Since it, it, man began, yeah, yeah, before before written recordings, yeah. they that's story, the way they 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 spread yeah. in, uh, business uh, business news, they and ideas and stories and history yeah. and uh, that that oral storytelling is it's hardwired into our brain. So now we're going to sing because we're bards. I'm kidding, we're not. Please no. don't sing. Let's not sing. <laughs> would be bad. Well, what what's fascinating to me about storytelling in the business environment is how hard I remember people talking about the importance of storytelling. I remember being in a conference and somebody's getting up talking about the value of storytelling and people weren't really paying attention to it. They weren't listening. So what's amazing is even though we have all these cases of people telling stories, we've got Abraham Lincoln and the Gettysburg Address, which is basically a story, a speech story, and all these successes with it, and yet it seemed to be too soft and fuzzy mm-hmm. for a lot of executives, and so it didn't get the attention. It 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 once it started to catch on, it caught on big time. Sure. So anyway, so we're going to talk about storytelling, and we're going to talk about what? Uh, well, we're going to. What are other benefits for? Well, when can you use stories? What can you use stories for? Oh, you can like you can use it for uh, for sales. You can use it for buying from your people. You can use it for dealing with crises. You can use it for for hiring practices. You know. And. And in every example you've given, you've pointed out, Rona, accurately, that it's stories connect us to other people and they draw us in and they take, uh, they allow us uh, our ideas, they allow them to relate to our ideas. Right. They allow us to relate to our arguments. They allow us to, re- to relate through their own experience to what is going on, what needs to go on, what action to take and how to get, and it engages them emotionally. Right, and that's and that's the big thing. Storytelling is emotional, you Absolutely. know, and, and it uh, definitely. And there are a lot of different models ton, for it as models. well. So, ton of models. What's what's one of the models that, that you work with? Um, one of them is the five step story structure. It's by uh, Sean Coyne, C O Y N E, and it's insight, uh, an incident, progressive complications. So things get worse, then there's usually a crisis, there's a climax, and then there's a resolution. So I use that when I tell my story about my friend Gail, who helped me out when I was first starting in sales in New York, where the buyers kept shutting me down because I was the youngest media rep in the country at the time for uh, for television. And it got 
progressively worse and I was getting locked out of big buys because, you know, who's this young whippersnapper and she's making the same amount I am. And these these buyers, you know, I'm what, 22, 20, 23, and these buyers are in their 40s. And um, I'm going in with, with no makeup and self-deprecating humor. And it just, it just wasn't working. I was, I was evidently too, too earnest. So I had a meltdown because what I was trying to do didn't work. And so, so in inciting incident, you're coming in, you're great. You're doing a great job. No, the, the, yeah, the, the, I, I was getting shut down. So that's, was exciting, inciting my reaction. Okay. Okay. And then the progressive complications, I kept getting locked out of big buys where I okay. should have been in. Okay. The crisis was that if I didn't get sales, I was going to get get fired. So I had a meltdown. Yeah. I was I literally I couldn't see. I had I got dizzy. I leaned over. I almost I almost fainted. That's how much I was stressed over this. Gail came over. The climax was when Gail came over and basically verbally bit slapped me and had her hands on my shoulders and her nose two inches next to mine and said, Rona, snap out of it. There's no blood. No one ever died from advertising. You're taking this way too seriously. And I'm making a longer story short. And the resolution was that I changed my tactics with better results. I went in as a different person. I made it more about them and I made it so that they were helping me instead of me trying to be the smarty pants. I, you know, I learned not to go in as the smartest person in the room. So I started getting orders. So that's, that's a five step story. And then of course, a lot of people tell a story this way. They don't even realize it is Joseph Campbell, The Hero's Journey. Well, yeah, and I think this model is related, you know. I think so, too. To jo I think every model is related Probably. to Joseph Campbell. Yeah. And The Hero's Journey is, you know, it's been out there forever, and it's a good one. Mm -hmm. um, I like to break down uh, Annette Simmons. Mm -hmm. uh, she does the story factor. Right. And she talks about important things that have to be in your stories. Mm -hmm. So she talks about who am I? Why am I here? And then she gives a couple examples of different stories to tell. And I, I found that very, very useful in terms of st storytelling. She has, a, she has a whole book on that, doesn't she? Yeah, she has a whole book on that. She's got multiple books on yeah. that. And there are a bunch of books on storytelling. Of course. Which yeah, has right. a different break on it. Uh, I like uh, Stephen Denning's The Leader's Guide to Storytelling, which mm -hmm. is another fabulous book. And he talks about um, how he kept uh, his team alive and how he uh, kept the organization at bay so they could go through this change by the stories he was able to tell right. and, and draw people in. And I think we have to find the ones that work for us and you can even, you can cherry pick a little bit as well, because right. not every single, you know, the, the, they're called models for a reason. Right. It's like, you don't have to do it like this. You do it with what makes sense. And you have to make sure that there is a point to it. Right. Absolutely. What I wanted to spend time on for this section that we're... For this Whatever you topic, want, Jeffrey, we can do that. Well... <laughs> because it's all about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, my take on this is not, I, people know about storytelling and, and we're talking about it, we're, we're listing some books. It's it's the amount of work that has to go into storytelling. I, if you think you're going to get up, take a situation out of your life and, mm -hmm. and turn it into a great story, uh, that would be, what did we just talk about in our last episode? Oh, the, the bias, the unconscious, the optimist bias. <laughs> I'm thinking unconscious <laughs> bias. Like, well, that would also they're going to love this. No, they won't. <laughs> and it would also be hindsight bias. Oh, I, I knew that part of the story wouldn't work. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Quit lying to yourself. 
So, and it, it's hard because you work on stories and it, it, you have to also change the story to your audience. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of nuances with the audience. So I have this story I talk about a board where I went in and, and the, the big joke was I got elected to get on this board and I was elected because they were upset with the board and I uh, had put down some specific things what I was going to do. And I was talking to um, my buddy Jim and I said to Jim, I'm going to get on the, I'm, as soon as I'm on the board, I'm just laying to him. We're going to get this change done right away. He goes, really? Really? You're going to do luck that? With that? Yeah. Good luck with that. He goes, why don't you keep your mouth shut for about nine months and not say anything about it? Now, and that, then you said, have you met me? Yeah, really. That's a big issue because patience is not my biggest You virtue. and me both. Anyway, I, so I normally tell the story. So I was telling the story in a class this time, and it was an emotional intelligence class. And one of the guys that came in the class, so certain people come to an emotional intelligence class. A lot of them are voluntold. Right, like, right. You need to take this class because you're a problem. This was one of those people. Oh. And he came to me. And he said, you know, I'm really looking forward for to this class. And his body language, and, you know, he's shaking his head. I'm really looking forward. Mm -hmm. I'm really hoping you're going to be able to teach me something. I don't believe in this. I'll, you know, I'm just looking forward to you walking me through and letting me know. And I'm just thinking to myself... Oh no, this is gonna be a I am screwed. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be this guy is gonna be this is gonna be a problem. So I tell that story, I set that out. Now, what I had said in it was, you know, this is about big issue, you know, and I didn't make that clear in that story. So later on, so I, I told that story and it the story came out okay, and I noticed him out of the corner of my eye and he's a little flinchy. And then I told another story of a conversation I'd had with this board earlier. So the whole point was you can't shove your agenda down their throat. You have to wait. Right. And it doesn't mean you can't talk about things or have a discussion. Well, so he goes, he comes up to me after the after I, you know, it was a two-day class, and this has all happened on the first day. He comes up to me at the end of the first day. He goes, so you lied to us. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you said that you weren't going to say anything for, for uh, you know, nine months on this thing. I said, no, I, I, it was about pushing the agenda. No, you lied to us because you said you talked to him about other stuff. And that's what he anchored on, mm -hmm. and he decided that, Okay, and maybe it was his confirmation bias that he wasn't going to learn anything. So that's what he wrote on the evaluation. My instructor lied. He said he wasn't going to say anything for nine months. And should I have repolished the story and done some more? Yes. That is the first time that story has ever blown up on me. I've learned from that, though. Yes, and you know I've sometimes to clarify and stress different things from. Yes, myself. and and people just you know it's selective perception yeah. as well. You know, I'm just going to hear what I want to hear and I'm going to hear things that make the teacher look bad because I don't want to take this class. Right. Selective outrage, if you will. There you go. <laughs> Chris Rock, which, he, Chris which we Rock, talked about last time. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. So in terms of, of stories, what we're not going to go into the depth of this stuff. Let's talk about some tips. So what are some tips? Uh, a lot of people say, oh, build your stories from movies, which is fine. Because movies are stories in themselves. That's a great place to get stories. Well, yes. And if, the, if popular movies always have stories people can relate to. So if you, you know, well, there was a week that, that Masterpiece Theater had this. No one's going to know what the heck it is. Right. Although I do like Masterpiece Theater. So you have to pick things that are widely known. 
to you. But so yeah, and, and that's a, a shared experience. Yes. And that's why those work. Yes. Um, I tell stories about my failures a lot. Uh, and vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability right? and also lessons learned mm -hmm. and also the underlying message, hey, you have a lot of failures on the way to success. If you're doing anything new, anything mm -hmm. different, you have a lot of failures on the way. Well, and I, you know, being that I teach play, I know that people learn things better when they are in a better mood. Therefore, try to add a little levity and comedy to stories and your your talks. That helps a, a tremendous amount. Even let's let's go back to Chris Rock w without giving exact examples. He was making some serious points and then added levity to it so you would remember the joke as well as the point he was he was trying uh, to make. You also need to know who you're speaking to. Well, you got to know your audience. Right. And comedians are masters at that. Yeah. And I, I don't know if this is true. This is what I heard when he at the end said, I didn't hit back for Will, right. for Will Smith when I, Will slapped him. I didn't hit back. And he goes, he didn't go into that detail. Everybody knew he said about. He goes, because my mother. Yes said, don't fight in front of white people. people. Right. And when I heard that, I realized, so what he what he did with that, his mother acknowledged that the world's not perfect mm -hmm. and there are racist people out there. And you have to be careful in an environment that may not be completely safe. And there's different groups that you can be different ways in. And so I was just, it was just the greatest compliment to his mom about being aware. Mm -hmm. She wasn't saying, don't ever get into fights. Don't ever do that. She was just saying, there's a time and a place for everything. And I was so proud of <laughs> Wait his Wait till mother. you're both backstage and then deck him. <laughs> yeah. I was so proud of his mom when he said that. Yeah. And I know that's the intent he had. And so in very short sentence, he just... He conveyed uh, a lot. Yeah, he conveyed an enormous amount. And that's a great story. It conveys yeah. a lot. And people remember it. Well, and and working with, with that point, he was succinct. And that's, that's another secret to good storytelling. If you start telling, putting in too many details and digressing, and I, I can't remember what the name of this movie was. Hold on, let me Google it. You are just going, your, your audience is going to be dead, you know, within, whether you're speaking to one person or a whole room full. So what's the point or what's the target that you want your audience the, or, or the person that you're speaking with to walk away with? Keep that in mind at all times and make sure that you put in some details to make the story interesting and fun, but not so much that you're going to lose people's interest because, you know, I only have an hour. You, get, you got 60 seconds. Tell me the story. You know? And that's knowing your audience. And I love going on little tangents and putting in lots yes, of details. Yes, he does. <laughs> and it drives Rona. It does up because the wall. I'm like, I have no, I have no bandwidth for anything more than a 20 second story. And I have a lot of fun with it. So you should also serve yourself. You should absolutely serve yourself. Up to a point. <laughs> Up to a point. Okay. <laughs> because when the other person walks out of the room and I'm like, I'll be back in 10 minutes. And um, and I, I have to say, this is this is very funny on, on an offside. My, my mom was also guilty of telling very long stories. And her best friend, my Aunt Claire, would t told me later on, she used to literally put the phone down when they were on. And my mother would just be going on telling a story. She would go stir the pot of, of soup, do whatever, and then pick up the phone again. And say, uh-huh. My mother would still be telling the same story. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> So then that's one of the ways you get you, the feedback from the audience. That'd be another tip. 
take the feedback from the audience yeah. and have, you know, you have to work on them. It takes hard work to, to write you a very good tight. story. Right. Right. And if the story is a, and comedy, the comedians are doing, seems to be doing the best now are telling stories more than anything else. And, and one of the masters is, just, is Dave Chappelle. Oh yeah. He's just fabulous yeah. how he works the stories in. And he is having fun with it. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's he's playing with the audience with it. So he's, he's doing Because he, he does, wants. you know, and, and, and here's, here's the thing. When you're doing comedy, whether it's acting or giving a monologue, you can't care. You, you care because you want people to like what you do, but you can't care so much that it stops your delivery. And that's where Dave Chappelle is really a master because he comes off as like, this is, these are my my thoughts you can like it or not you're here you're gonna listen right absolutely sounds great you know and it's funny that the the shows that uh, influenced me the most as a kid were like star trek mm -hmm. and star trek was about stories and morals and learning and those are the things that you remember and if you think of religion what is religion just story yes i can yes. do i can do that if if you're just listening i'm doing the the vulcan hand signal which is from judaism that's right i did not know that jeffrey told me i was very proud yeah of i was reading i uh, doing a little research on it so anyway yeah the things and we learn, digress the things you learn me <laughs> hang out with me um and right. uh, the only other tips is your story it needs to have an emotional impact it needs yes. to wrap them in emotionally and they need anchors to grab onto so that they understand they can identify with you in the story. Anchors away. Yeah, and uh, the last point on that one is I tell the story, uh, this president of a college um, brought me in to um, this, this employee that had been with him for a long time. I know, it's, <laughs> Rona's looking at me going, it's gonna be, look, <laughs> president of college, they had a long-term employee uh, they that was acting out uh, I was able to go in and work with them and solve the problem. So it was kind of a hero story. Well, the story never quite hit until, and it was because of the way I was telling. I was telling it was all this confidence that I knew what was going mm -hmm. on. And so I added in the actuality, which I hadn't expressed, which was I was terrified during that entire time. It was a high-risk situation in terms of how I handled it, what I did with them, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the consequences of what was going on. And so then I would add that to the piece, you know, and tell them literally, it may look like I'm confident telling this story. I was scared to death. And the way the story was accepted and landed was completely different. You opened up and you were vulnerable and they can they can relate to that. And in that story, you needed that. That yeah. was a component of it. And I'd been telling that story, but you know, I'd, I'd put it in as a quick story for about four or five years. And then- Quick story? <laughs> yeah, well, it was a quick story and it was about four or five years. And yeah. it was just uh, recently, yeah. after telling it probably two or three dozen times, that that one, I finally figured out the final piece that went into it. So it's like art, yeah. it takes time. Absolutely. And storytelling is an art. Well, there are people is. who tell great stories and they don't even know why they just do, you know, and then there are people who really work at it and they just don't get the flow. And anyone can become good at it. If, if they, they work at it. Yes, if you, if you absolutely. It. Well, absolutely. that's all I've got to say on this subject. Unless, of course, you want to hear another story, Rona. That's it for us on Biz Souls. I'm Rona Lewis. I'm Jeffrey Hansler. That's the story. We're sticking to it. We'll see you later. Thank you. You've been listening to the Biz Souls podcast with your hosts, Rona Lewis and Jeffrey Hansler. Did you have fun? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. 
It's very much appreciated. Talk to you next week.